I want to talk about good news and a good report. And um, I'm going to share a couple of different stories, but I kind of want to set this up. You know, when Jesus came to the earth, he was God in the flesh. And he went to the people that he had separated unto himself, the nation that we call Israel today. And uh, he showed up in the earth at an interesting time in Israel's history. Israel was occupied by Romans, and uh, they were ruling the known world at that time, or a lot of it, and there was a military presence there, and they were not really walking free, you could say. They weren't ruled by themselves. There was an oppressor there. And so they were waiting for good news. They were looking for good news at that time. They knew it wasn't God's will for them to have this enemy there. And uh, Jesus shows up in the middle of this, and uh, he uh, is God in the flesh, but he really emptied himself of his power and then was anointed by the Spirit to show us how to live in this world. And so... I think it's really important for us to know how hungry the world was or Israel was for good news. I mean, if you're under oppression and there's things that in, are stopping you from being able to do certain things, uh, good news is good. I mean, it is good to hear good news. So the first thing that when Jesus starts his ministry... Most of us are familiar. He gets baptized in the river, Jordan, and then the Spirit of God comes on him. Why did the Spirit of God come on Jesus? And this is super important when we're talking about good news. And I believe there's a world that's desperate from, for good news right now. Especially seeing the things that are occurring right now, which I believe are changing, by the way. Um... But they're starving for good news. And uh, when Jesus came, if you'll open up your Bible or look you know, on your phone or your app, Luke 4 tells us Jesus' first message that he preached and what he was anointed. What does it mean to be anointed? That's not annoying. There's a big difference. Because, you know, you hear some words that are in the Bible that, that we don't uh, talk about um, you know, and or mention in regular society, and you mean, well, what's anointing? In the Bible, and back in those days, they would anoint somebody a king. Uh, that would be their position they would be put in. And uh, something would be put upon them, certain authority. A king, you know, maybe a child would be, as he grew, and then the old king passed away, they'd anoint the new one as king. Well, he would gain all of his, his authority. Well, Jesus, the Bible said, was anointed by the Spirit of God. In other words, when he got ready to go into the ministry, uh, right before, the Spirit of God came on him to abide. So he wasn't a normal uh, person, so to speak. He was a person with the Spirit of God on him. Now the Spirit of God's still in the church and working through the church. But I want to begin reading here in Luke 4, and this is the scripture after the Spirit of God has been on Jesus. And uh, why was he on him? 
what I find interesting, if we don't know this, we could get wrong ideas about Jesus, we could get wrong ideas about God, and right now there are a lot of raw, wrong ideas about God going around. You see them on the internet, you hear them all over the place, that God's causing this bad thing in, in the, this country and around the world to get our attention. Uh, no, that's not how God gets your attention. I mean, if we call him a good God and he's causing this bad thing to come to get our attention, that would be like a parent taking a kid's hand and sticking it on a hot stove and go, I just wanted to get your attention. No, God doesn't do things like that. As a matter of fact, he tells us and deals with us how to govern our lives. So he's not just taking things away from us and causing bad to come. The Bible tells us that if you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. You could say it like this. If you want to know what God is really, really like, Jesus is uh, reflecting or showing God to us. So right here in Luke 4, verse 17, and I'm going to read three verses. It says, and he was handed. Now he's in the temple. This is after the Spirit of God is on him. It says, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, or the scroll. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed or caused his Spirit to come on me to preach the gospel to the poor, to preach or he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty uh, those who are oppressed or in bondage to the devil, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, or literally the time of the return to favor with God. There are some interesting things here. Verse 18 says this, it says, he, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Why was the Spirit of God upon Jesus? Why is the Spirit of God on ministers? Could the Spirit of God be on us as ministers or individuals and uh, we do things wrong? Possibly. But there is instruction so we can do things right. Notice this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Well, what is gospel? Gospel literally means good news. Good news. Now, Jesus knew this good news. He knew the scriptures when he was a young kid. He, you know, as a teenager, you know, he's in the temple and he's disputing with the religious people the scriptures. But what could we make an illustration then that would make this clear to you? It would be like this. When he was young, he knew the scriptures. When he was old, he knew the scriptures but he was empowered to deliver them. You could say it like this, you know, those old 
uh, muskets and those guns where you have to pour the gunpowder in, you pack it in, then you put the, the, the ball in there, you know, that you fire and you cram that thing in there, and then you fire it. Without the gunpowder, it doesn't come out with force. So you could say it like this. Now he's got the Holy Spirit. He's got the force, the power, the driving ability of God to give something. And what was it he was to give? It says good news. Not bad news. Good news. He was empowered to push forth words of good news. Good news. What was he anointed to do? What was he empowered to do? This is why I said we're empowered too. So that's why I said we need to make sure we're directing this. Good news. Anointed to preach good news. You with me? He told them bad news, bad things would come, but he told them how to escape it. That's good news. And he was empowered to give good news. And who was he empowered to give good news to? Well, he was, pre- he was commanded to preach the gospel or the good news to poor people. Well, was good news to a poor person? You just stayed the way you are? Well, you could be saved, but also you could move up in life. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says he became poor so that we might be made rich. God is not upset with people having money and prospering in this world. I know there are people who are upset with rich people and think we should take that money from those rich people. You're not following God to think like that. Say, well, how, 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 how could you say that? Well, because if we see examples of God making people rich, richer than anybody else, then you taking that money from the, them would be what? Working against God. And didn't he make Solomon? He said, because you inquired of me and sought wisdom instead of riches. He said, I'm going to make you richer than anybody on the earth. In today's society, people say, well, you better take that from him. But God said, I'll do that for you. But then in the writings that Solomon gave, and he gave clues, he said, in all you're getting, get wisdom. There's wisdom in the word, the Bible said. And he said, there's riches with that. I know I changed it, you know, in its hand. But God gives instructions. But he, gave, he was an empowered to give good news to poor people. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted. So there was an anointing and a power on him to heal and fix people whose hearts were messed up. And not just their physical heart, their, their emotions, their souls, to proclaim or is anointed to proclaim liberty, or we wouldn't say, you know, liberty maybe, we would say freedom to captives. And here's the big thing. People can live a life of captivity and not be in jail 
physically. But they're a captive to guilt. They're a captive to bondage. They're a captive to lie. And he was anointed to bring forth this. There's freedom. Also recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty or give freedom to those who are oppressed by the enemy and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He was anointed to help people who are physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. He was there to give good news to help people come out of where they were. Now we read past something here that I think is really, really important. Verse 17, it says, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he, when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He found the place where it was written. Now, I know maybe you've heard that before. Yeah, Jesus found the place. When I first read that, when I first got saved, I thought he just opened the book like this, and it just fell right there. And he just went, boom, and put his finger, and the first thing he read was these verses. I don't know how I saw that, but I just maybe was spooky natural, and, you know, woo. But here's the thing. He found the place where it was written. Let's expand our thinking here. If he found the place where it was written, what did he find? And what did he look for? He looked for good news. He looked for good news because what did he preach? What did he share? He just shared good news. You know, there's some bad news in the Bible. You know, there's some people who seem to find an angry God all the time. And Jesus found good news and said, this is what I'm empowered to give. So he purposed to find good news for a world that was hurting. And he said, this is what I'm empowered to give to you. Uh, Good news to help you, to heal, to deliver. The Spirit of God is on me for this good stuff. Now, like I said, he said, broad is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to God. So somebody might say, see, he, he, he spoke bad news. But he said, I'm the way. I'm that path. So he gave good news. I think it's fair to be able to tell people, uh, listen, there is bad and there is a bad way, uh, but there is a good way. Why do you need a good way if all ways are good? You don't need a way. Because if all roads lead to the same place, why do you need good news? You don't need good news. You don't need any news because we all, we all end up at the same place. No, that's not true. Uh, we do all end up before the Lord, but not all go in. And the good news that he was anointed to share was, there's a path. There's a way. And I am the way. And so he was anointed, but what I find interesting 
is he found the good news that he was going to share. He found the good news that was he was empowered to give. I am convinced in our own lives, if we want good news, there is a finding of it. And we need to find it in the Scriptures. And, and then in the New Testament as believers, we need to look for the good news. And there's tons of it. All the things Christ bought and all the things Christ paid for, we need to find like he found in the book. And you'll find this, his anointing, his power is right there too. Notice this in Mark 16. Jesus wasn't the only one who went into a world that was troubled, that had uh, issues going on, and was empowered to proclaim good news. Remember in Acts, uh, the first chapter, and then the second chapter, Jesus said, wait till the Spirit of God comes upon you to preach. He had already told them what to preach, and he told them here in Mark 16. What are we talking about this morning? Good news and a good report. Finding good news. I guarantee you this, Jesus could have found bad news, but he was not anointed to thrust that forth. He could have said, man, there's Roman soldiers all over the place. This is horrible. We're oppressed as a people. But he didn't. He knew his purpose. He knew what he was anointed to do while he was here. And here in Mark 16, he is now commissioning us, the church. And he is revealing something to us here in Mark 16, verse 15. He said to them and to us, Go into all the world and preach, proclaim the gospel. Well, we know what that means. The good news to every creature. What does the world need? What do believers need? We need good news. We thrive on good news. Good news gives hope. Good news gives faith. Good news gives confidence in God. And we are to walk by faith and not by sight. And so there is no shortage of good news in this book. But there is a shortage of good news in the world. But he said, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world for you. So we need to find this good news, especially if we're in the world. Well, he found the place where there was good news. We're finding place, places where there's good news. Notice if Jesus was empowered to give good news and God worked big time. We can go look at his ministry. God worked powerfully with Jesus because he knew what to share, how to share it, and God worked with him. Here we see the, that we're told also to preach good news. True good news, not false good news, but real, true good news. Not everybody will like good news, but there is something fascinating about this good news that is similar and the same, really, 
as the good news that Jesus preached. What is this? He said he preached the good news, and then he proclaimed healing, deliverance, and provision for poor people and things, you know, to help people emotionally. You watch his whole life and his whole ministry, and he went about everywhere teaching and preaching in their cities and in their villages and healing and delivering, and all these different good things were happening that were connected that he said, I'm anointed to proclaim and to do these things. And now the early church is anointed And we, the church, are anointed. The Bible's clear about that. And he said, now you go tell the good news. Now, now here's an interesting thought. Man, if we look at Jesus' ministry, then then the church's ministry, do, do we step down a notch from Jesus? He tells us in the next verses... Exercise dominion over the devil. He goes on to talk about different things. And the very last thing he said, healed the sick. Well, those sound like things he did. So, did the church step down? No. Notice this. So, verse 20. Well, we'll read verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them. What did he speak to them? you know what? You need to go tell good news. And if people believe the good news, they'll be saved. If people don't believe the good news, they'll be damned. And then if you will believe, look at that, how simple it is. Isn't it simple for people to believe or not to believe? Simple. Present good news. If they believe, They will have an inward conversion. They will be changed. They'll go out of darkness and come into the kingdom of His Son, into Jesus. He said if they don't, they'll remain where they're at and they'll be lost. But He said, go tell them all good news and the choice will be on them. But then He said, if you'll believe, it won't just stop there. Signs will follow you. And us. And that's why we pray for the sick. I remember talking to a friend of mine one time. We were on the phone. And he had told about these healings and stuff he was seeing. And we had seen some, but not, you know. I mean, I'd seen them. I'd experienced them. And I remember walking outside of my house and saying, Lord, out the back door and saying, I want to see more healings. You know what he said? He spoke to me clear as day. He said, pray for the sick more then. I went, duh, of course. Because if you don't pray, and he said, pray for them, and they would be healed, but you don't pray for them, then there's probably not much chance of them getting healed. So we changed, and I periodically would pray for people, you know, especially individually. We changed, started praying for people regularly on Sunday mornings at that point. Why? I want more, Lord. Pray for them more. You want to help people get free? 
Use the name of Jesus more. You want to see more people get saved? Give them the good news. But notice this. Verse 19. So after he had spoken, and what did he tell him? The things I just said. Believe. And signs will follow. But he started it by saying, the good news is what you are commissioned to give to humanity. And then it says, and he, he was received up to, into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. They watched him go up into the sky and disappear. Verse 20 said, and they went out and they preached. What did they preach? Good news. What everybody wants. Good news. Well, not everybody wants it. But that's what God wants them to hear. God wants them to receive the good news, but it's their choice. And he said, and they went out and preached, and we could say the good news everywhere. And notice this phrase, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word or the good news through the accompanying signs or those signs that he mentioned. Notice, just like Jesus got backed up by God, now God is backing the church who will proclaim good news and believe and use his name and lay hands on the sick. There's good news. Good things will happen. Here's a thought though. After we've given the good news to lost people, one thing is this. The message does not change when it comes to believers. Jesus was anointed to preach. Now the church is anointed to preach and share with lost people. But does the good news go from good news to bad news? Now that you're, I mean, it's good news. I'm on my way to heaven. But why is it that people have a complex around God after they've heard more, 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 more messages? It should be good news. He's paid a price. You're in good standing. Even in your non-perfection, if you're saved. But you think about it. The message does not change after we're saved. After we've come in. The message is not good news, then bad news. It's not up high, then you get in. It's a secret society. Now you know the secrets. It's all the bad news now. No, it's still good news. Romans, the first chapter, tells us this, uh, that it's still good news, and it's good news to Jews and Gentiles or anybody on the earth. It's still good news. Still good news. And if God anointed Jesus and God anointed the early church and we're part of the same pack... We got the goods, and he'll back them up too when we are bold to act on the word and believe the word in simple believing faith. Notice Romans, the first chapter. Verse 16, it says, For, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed. I'm not bashful. I don't, I'm not ashamed 
of the gospel or the good news of Christ. Why? Because it is the power or the ability of God for salvation. That word salvation doesn't just mean born again. It means delivered. And it means more than that. Preservation. Help. Healing. Everything that's paid for. From Christ's death and resurrection. Notice salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. So in other words, this good news is for the whole world. Notice verse 15. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel or the good news to you. And this was to believers in Rome. Because he talked about the believers there. He was writing to the beloved believers that were in Rome. And so he said, as much as the truth is in me, and what truth was he talking about? Good news. He said, then I'm ready. If I've got news, good news, I'm ready. If I've got this good news of Christ, I'm ready to proclaim it to you. I'm ready to proclaim good news to you who are in Rome. Why? He said, because for I am not ashamed of this good news of Christ. For why? It's the power, the ability of God for salvation. You could say healing, deliverance, protection, all the things that were written before. And, and it's not just forgiveness. But then notice he said, for those who believe. You have to hear the good news to be able to believe the good news. Sometimes people have heard bad news and they believe bad news and it, they get cast down. You know, in the, old, in the Bible it says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope or put your trust in God. Because a person's soul can get cast down when all they're hearing is bad news or not good news. And when your soul gets ca cast down, I mean, it's just, you, you're... Uh, is there any hope? Oh, if anybody's got hope, we got hope. If anybody's got good news, we got good news. But we got to be careful to search out the good news in, and not just find, you know, some bad news. There is a ton of good news. Good news. I mean... I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people right now. You know, yesterday uh, was April 1st, so you'll be watching this. It'll be a couple days past. Uh, I saw somebody put a post on Facebook, don't April fools anybody right now. Because of all this bad that's happening. They, they just were like basically saying, I can't handle it. Don't do that. I thought, whoops. I better not get around them then. But boy, if you're destitute of good news and all you've been getting is bad news, a little more bad news for some people could cause their soul to be cast down to a place where they'd think, can I ever get up? Yeah. He said, quicken thou me according to your word. So when his word, the entrance of his words quicken, they bring light. 
it will inflate a person. It'll give them inward confidence. And believed, it'll change their whole life. Hebrews, the second, 11th chapter, I'm going to read this verse. Hebrews 11, and then I think we'll close. Hebrews 11. And this is uh, a scripture, probably the verse before. A lot of people are familiar with faith. Uh, the faith scripture there. And it says, for by it, in verse 2, or by faith the elders obtained a good testimony. How does faith come to a person? Romans tells us that faith comes when you hear God's word. Faith, or you could say this, confidence and assurance comes when you hear God's word. Well, I would think you could say it this way. When you hear the good news in God's word, it'll build confidence in you, assurance in you. And he said it would produce an outward testimony. In other words, once you start getting uh, the good news and the good reports in you that come through God's channel, the word it will produce a good testimony. In other words, we won't be cast down. We'll, we'll see hope when, when the world sees none. We'll see victory and no victory when they don't. And he said, but it will produce a good testimony. Why is it that we need to have a good testimony? Why is that? Proverbs 13 verse 2, the first part of it says this in the NIV. It says, from the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things. People enjoy good things by the fruit of their lips. Well, where do you get good things on your mouth? They come from faith. And they come from hearing good news. There's hope for people. I mean, and not lost people. You know, we've been real good about telling people, if you're lost, man, Jesus will save you and you'll be forgiven. We need to expand our horizon to the scriptural bounds and go, there's good news across the board for everybody. And in every part of your life. And you need to find where the good news is. It's in the book. It's in the book. 